0: Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon.
1: Invested in what God is doing at First Church. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 beginning at verse number 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The word evil there, a literal translation means the evil one or the influence of the evil one. Deliver us from even the influence of evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse number 10. This is last year our theme scripture was but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6.33. This year it's Matthew 6.10. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth just like it is in heaven. Amen. And I'm going to preach from that phrase kingdom come. That is our mission for 2023. Amen. 2023 ain't about me. It's about his kingdom come in Vacaville. Would you just raise your hands and ask the Lord, amen, to speak to us today. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for your word. That word that is a life-giving word. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me this afternoon to be able to speak as a mouthpiece for heaven, I pray that you would anoint every ear to hear, every mind to understand, every heart to receive, and every spirit to bear witness of your word. Lord, I pray right now, God, would you give strength to every weary person, peace to every distraught person. Lord, I pray that you would open our understanding to your word today. Please don't let us leave the same way that we've come. Lord, we're believing for the miraculous. We're believing for salvation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and the church of the Lord said amen. And would you just give the Lord thanks again before you're seated today. Amen, amen, amen. Look at somebody and say, kingdom come. Amen. You're you're familiar uh, with this passage of Scripture as it is known as the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus begins to preach. This was quite a a, a lengthy uh, sermon, and I believe with all of my heart, we we got the footnotes of it, Um, but Jesus began to teach. Now, there's one thing that Jesus often would refer to, and that was the kingdom. Everybody say the kingdom. Everybody say it again, the kingdom. Now, um, I'm, I'm going to just give you some information that I hope you don't faint because it's so deep and profound. Uh, I, almost, I almost fainted two or three times just when I found it out myself. And that is the word kingdom is a compound word, That meaning it is composed of two different words, and one of the latter compound is, a, is an abbreviated version of a word. And so kingdom, if you look at it and you divide it, Between the G and the D, it says kingdom. Dom is an abbreviated form of dominion. So the word kingdom, hold on to somebody, don't pass out, fall on the floor. The word kingdom means king's domain or the dominion of the king. That was pretty powerful, wasn't it? You may need to go back and later and listen to that to get all of that. Amen. It was pretty pretty deep. I can see some of you shaking right now. Um, It's the dominion of the king. Now, now we are all, to my knowledge, all of us are blessed to be raised in a in a society where there is no dictatorship. Amen. Uh, We we live and we have freedom, and and some would argue it's relative. And But we have freedom. We do not live under a dictatorship. We don't know what it's like to live under fascism or communism uh, or any other ism. We don't know what it's like to live under a monarch or, or a matriarch. We don't know what that's like. Uh, because to my knowledge, nobody in this room was, was ever raised in a society where a king's word was law we've been blessed to live in a um um, i want to get it right now because this is what it is we are a constitutional republic we're not a democracy amen Uh, that that means the rule of law first amen democracy means the majority wins that's that's not a that's really not a good thing because if the majority wants what you have then you have no rights And so God, in his wisdom, put it in the heart of the founders to make this a constitutional republic. Now, we're not in civics class, but this is going to help me to help you to understand, help us to understand the point that that Christ was coming to when he continuously brought up the kingdom. Everybody say the kingdom. Amen, and so, and so we understand that that we don't live like like people. And I'm so thankful that we're blessed to not live in a nation such as North Korea, or Cuba, or one of these others that are that are living under an ism or anocracy. You got you got all kinds of these. You got fascism, communism, socialism, capitalism, um, stupidism, whatever ism there is out there. A lot of countries are being ran by stupidism. Just so you know, I don't know. I think ours is quite often too and and so you got all these isms out there but but we have all, Grown up with the ability to say what we want because of that freedom. Now, if you lived in a monarch, if you lived in a uh, dictatorial society, you would not have the freedom. That's why people are up in arms right now over over the the censoring of speech on social media platforms, and and they they because we've never we've never had that before, and so people are rejecting that. Thank God, because uh, there there needs. To be that freedom, but but in a monarch, in a in an ocracy or an ism, you don't get that opportunity. What the king says is a law. If the king wakes up them in the morning and says, I want the color red to be defined as the color blue, then guess what? You better say that everything red is blue. Because if you don't, the king has absolute, total sovereignty in whatever his domain is. Whatever his borders are, whatever his parameters are, he has absolute rule and absolute authority. Amen. Now, Jesus is in a time where Israel is now under occupation of the Roman army. The Roman people uh, called themselves a republic of some sense, even though they were being uh, ruled by, by dictators, whether it was Julius Caesar or it was Nero or uh, they later become emperors. They had a senate that was supposed to be an elected body that would represent the people to the emperor. Amen. I'm I'm kind of going somewhere with this. You, they, they represent the people to the emperor. Now they come in and they take over the Jewish population and they say to them, We've got a more better way of civilized society. We have an We have an ism. And we want you to come out from your Neanderthal, archaic way of thinking that you need a king or or that, that you need to be ruled by judges, which are in governed by the law of God or the law of Moses and understand that our way is better. And if you don't like our way, here's a sword to your throat and you can just have it either way that you want it. And so now there is becoming a sect of the Jewish people that are coming up. We, we would call them Benedict Arnolds. We would call them turncoats, traitors. Amen. We, we, we would say that they had turned their back and they begin to adopt this ideology that that's what Israel needs. What we really need is we need a governing body. We, we need President, we need a, a premier. We need a, a prime minister, if you would. And and but when Jesus comes along, he is basically without becoming a political revolutionary because he didn't come uh, to revolutionize politics. He come to revolutionize people. He come in and said, No, no, no. This is the kingdom. Uh, we don't vote on things. God says it, we do it. Don't get it twisted. We're still the people of God. We're the sheep of his pasture. The sheep don't get a vote to tell the shepherd which field they graze in. So don't get it twisted. We may live in a republic, but the people of God are not a republic. We are the church of the living God. And if it's any kind ofocracy, it's a theocracy. Theo meaning God. Ocracy meaning people, meaning God's people, God's will to the people. Amen, and so I, I know I'm taking a little while to establish this, but I gotta. I want you to get this clear. We've never lived in a society where we had to obey the whim of a king, where what the king said was absolute power. If we don't like the president, I don't like this one. Didn't care for the one before him or the one before that one. Uh, uh, if you don't like them, you can say that. If we lived in the if we lived in a in a uh, any kind of ofocracy, I couldn't say that, uh, brother Vincent. If I said I didn't like the president the prime minister, they can come bust down them doors. They can arrest me and my family and put us in jail. Because where the word of a king is, there is not just power, absolute power. There there is no let me go and see, uh, get my day in the court because what the king says is absolute. It is absolutely right, and you cannot go around it. You cannot navigate or circumvent it because it is the king's dominion. It is the dominion of the king, meaning the king has authority over that dominion. My Bible tells me that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So I still believe, however how archaic you may think it is, I still believe that this earth belongs to the Lord. Amen. And so Jesus is talking about a kingdom. He's constantly talking about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. He's constantly reminding Israel, amen, that we're not anocracy. We're not a republic. We're, we're, we're not an ism. We are the people of God. We, we belong to a kingdom. And I've come uh, to restore you back to the king. And I've come to build a relationship that you might understand what the kingdom is. Everybody say the kingdom. Now, I've got to say this because the Bible talks about four kingdoms. It talks about the kingdom of man. Everybody say the kingdom of man. It talks about the kingdom of hell. Say the kingdom of hell. It talks about the kingdom of God. Say that. It talks about the kingdom of heaven. There is four distinct kingdoms in the word of God. That means the king's domain. There is a kingdom of man. There is a dominion over which man has rule and authority and God established that kingdom in the garden. Amen. Now now I know where I'm going so I'm getting happy and I need to try to slow myself down a little bit. But it's God God created the garden. Adam didn't create that garden. Adam didn't plant one plant. He didn't tend one bush. The Bible said that God set him down in the Midst the garden was already there because he was in the perfect will of God. Brother Guy, he didn't Adam didn't have to work. He was living in perfect unity with God. God had provided everything for him. Everything was there. Adam gets a little lonely. God says, not good for man to be alone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And out of his side, he makes a woman. Amen. And and somebody said it had been a pain in the side ever since. I didn't say that. But out of the side of the Out of the side of man uh, with a rib, he makes a woman and uh, wakens Adam. You know, the story wakens Adam from the slumber, and Adam looks at her and goes, Whoa, man! Ever since then, we've been calling her woman, amen. And so, and, and so they become she becomes a helpmeet and a, and a partner. And, and so, there they are going through the garden, living in perfect unity and in fellowship with one another and God. And they are in the dominion. Everybody say, The dominion. The dominion of man. That was the dominion. He said, I give you dominion over the earth, the fowls of the air, and the fish of the sea. It's all yours. All you need to do is walk in unity with me. All you need to do is do what I say to do. Love me. I'll love you. Fellowship with me. I'll fellowship with you. You can have anything in this garden that you want. If you want to eat tomatoes and avocado, you can have it. If you want strawberries and grape and banana, you can have it. But the one thing you cannot do is eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can have every type of fruit that you want, but there is one fruit that I am not going to let you have. It belongs to me. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. He said, "You, you can have anything in that garden you want, but you cannot have that tree. That belongs to me. That is sacred. It is mine. It's not yours. It belongs to me. You have everything else you want, but you don't get that treat. Amen. I I ain't got time to go into this, how it was even a principle of tithing long before it became a thing where God said, you can have all of it, but this part belongs to me. Don't you touch what's mine. You give that to me, we walk in covenant, everything's going to be fine. But the moment you touch what is God, you'll curse everything else in the garden. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Because if you'll leave that alone and you'll leave that sanctified, you'll leave that up to the Lord, he'll, you're going to walk in blessing and in unity. But the Bible said that Eve began to listen to the voice of the serpent. I don't think that was the first time the serpent showed up. That's just my theory. Uh, and you got your own theory. But uh, but he, she began to listen to the voice of the serpent. And why would she listen to that hissing, slimy, seductive voice? Because that voice was quoting Scripture. He said, well, there wasn't any Bible, but there was a word. And the word was, don't touch it. Well, actually, God said, don't eat it. And Adam said, well, if we shouldn't eat it, then he turns to his wife and says, don't touch it. Because if you ain't supposed to be eating, it's probably a good idea. You don't touch it. Amen. And so I don't know if I'd agree with everything the church preaches. Well, some, some, some things, I, 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 we're not saying that's a sin, but it's awful close to it. If it don't belong in your mouth, honey, it don't belong in your hand. And, and, and so the, the, the serpent comes up to her and, and begins to say to her, you, you, you know, if you, if you eat of this tree, isn't it not true that you would be like God? Well, in some sense, he didn't lie because they would get the knowledge of good and evil, which is what God had. But he seduces her in a way because he's quoting God's words back at her. You need to realize the devil knows the Bible better than you do and better than I do. The devil can quote Scripture. You see, the the, the thing is, the devil knows Scripture, but, but it's his way of presenting it to you. He'll quote it spot on, but he'll present it in a way that's manipulative. You see, if if you get arrested for murder and you've got the you've got the murder weapon in the glove compartment of your car and you can't tell anybody or prove where you were at the time of the murder, hey amen. You're you're going to have to hire yourself a lawyer, but you don't want to hire yourself a lawyer that knows the law. You want to hire yourself a lawyer that knows the law, but also knows the loopholes in the law that knows. Tell me No, I just want the guy that knows it. No, you want the guy that knows the law enough that he can find a weak place in it and he can find a way to get you out of it and cop a plea down to manslaughter instead of murder one. Amen. You're going to find the lawyer that can none of us like him, but we'll need him. And see, that's what the devil is. He knows the law, but he's manipulative with the law. He only uses the word of God when it will benefit himself. And when he manipulated the word of God with Eve and Adam and got them to eat the fruit, I don't know what kind of fruit it was, but it was not an apple. It was not an orange. It was not an avocado. It could have been an avocado. It wasn't. We don't know what. We just know it was the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. That's it. Probably grapefruit. Them things are bitter Anyway but it was, it was the fruit of the night, and when they partook of it when they ate it all of a sudden they began to realize things they didn't realize before like they realized that they've been running around all this time naked because their innocence had clothed them and the voice of the Lord comes walking through the garden and they hide themselves behind the bush trying to make a garment that would cover themselves because they were naked and ashamed and the Bible lets us know that when they did that they submitted themselves or they surrendered the kingdom of man to the kingdom of hell. Man came under the dominion of the kingdom of hell. Follow me. It's in the Bible. Amen. They come under dominion of the ki- I'm going to prove it to you. This is what David said. David said, for I was born into sin and shapen into, I was born into and shapen into, Because every one of us that was born has been born with a damnable nature that will always go toward evil and not good. And it doesn't matter how precious that little baby is, and little Jackie is precious, and she's beautiful and she's innocent, but 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 you don't have to teach her how to lie. You don't gotta teach that baby how to lie. The kids are the most natural liars on planet earth. You can catch that little baby with their hand in the cookie jar, crumbs falling out of their mouth, and cookie all over their face. Catch them in the middle of it and say, Are you eating a cookie? They will look at you, stone face and say, uh-uh. Why? Because it's the nature within them. You don't have to teach a kid not to share. You don't have to teach a kid, amen, to be disobedient or to be mean to somebody. It's not not because they're a bad kid. It's because man was born under the dominion of a fallen nature that fell in the garden to sin. And that's why we are the way. That's why you've got to spend time teaching a child how to tell the truth, how to share their toys, how to love people how to be nice to people, how to be honest and tell the truth. Why? Because you are trying to give them an antidote to sin, which is the truth. And that truth is found in the Word of God. Because now that man is under the dominion or the kingdom of hell, we lost our rights in the garden. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up and says, I've come to restore what the first Adam lost. Because the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. And the second Adam came to restore what the first Adam lost. Jesus the second Adam said, The first Adam messed it up by disobedience, but I'm going to restore it by obedience. Oh, I'm in the Word of God now. The Bible said if by one man's sin did disobedience, or by one man's disobedience did sin enter into the world. Amen. By one man's sacrifice. In other words, what Paul was saying was this. If Adam could mess it up for everybody by being disobedient and bringing sin into the world, then by the obedience of Jesus Christ to the cross of Calvary, can one man's sacrifice bring in redemption and grace and salvation. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You got your keys on you, brother guy. Can I borrow your keys for a minute? Amen. In other words, Jesus said, you guys have lost it. He said, uh, he said you lost it. Adam, you messed up and you lost it. Now, sin comes into, it. not only sin, but corruption. God didn't make Adam and Eve to die. They died because they chose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they did, they surrendered to the devil. They surrendered. Can you be the devil for about five seconds? Surrender the keys. You're a good devil. Thank you. They surrendered the keys of the kingdom, the dominion of man over to the dominion of hell. And now we have all kinds of sin. We got sickness. We got disease, cancer, high blood pressure, diabetes, all of these things that begin to happen because now instead of being born to live, now we are born to die because of the curse of sin. Say, well, dying ain't fair. Well, neither is God. Where's that scripture that says God's fair? Life ain't fair, neither's God. Show me the Bible where it said God's fair. The sooner you realize, we say, well, my Bible tells me God's not a respecter of persons. Now we're talking apples and oranges. Respect ain't got nothing to do with fair. He, he, the, Bible says, the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. But I can prove to you he's a respecter of faith. He's a respecter of obedience. He's a respecter of loyalty. He's, hey amen. He's a respecter of prayer. He's a respecter of worship. He's a, he's a respecter of faithfulness. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He is a respecter. In other words, he said, if you'll do what I say, I'll put favor on your life. And guess what? Favor ain't fair. Because there are canes out there trying to do it their own way. And then there's Abels doing it the way God said it's supposed to be done. And God will always bless the Abels, And God will always curse the canes. Amen. And so Jesus said, I've come... Amen. man that you have, the thief cometh not, but for to kill, to steal, and destroy. That's what happened to Adam. But I've come that you might have a life, and that you might have that life more abundantly. And when Jesus goes to the cross, I'm talking about kingdom come. When Jesus goes to the cross, and he hangs there, and that manifestation dies upon the cross. And the Bible said that Jesus descends into the realm of the dead. That is Hades, the realm of the dead. Not to the lake of fire, into the realm of the dead. Hades, this is where dead souls went without God. He descended into the realm of the dead and the Bible said he had a three night revival there in the pit of hell and then he began to lead captive souls out of captivity and on the way out he stopped and he looked at Lucifer and he said hey my big brother lost something and I've come to get it back. My big brother Adam, the first Adam, he messed it up and lost the keys but I want you to know I've come to get them back and the Bible said that Jesus arose from the grave declaring all power is given unto me both in heaven and in earth and the Bible says that Now Jesus possesses the keys to death, hell and the grave because the dominion of hell brought death the dominion of hell brought hell the dominion of hell brought the grave but Jesus said I've come to give life I've come to take those keys back and he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live because I've got the key to unlock the grave that's why if I die of cancer I still win if I die in a wreck I still win because I'm going to live eternally with God because God has the keys to we used to sing ain't no grave gonna hold my body down when I hear that trumpet sound I'm gonna get up get up get up get up for the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together to meet them in the you want to know how we do that we do it through the keys we unlock it And not only did he give us keys, but he put, gave us the title deed and he put his name on it. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't around. I wasn't around back then, but back in olden times. And I mean, back none of us were around back then. The king would give you a seal. He would put the signet of his ring in a wax seal and he would write his name on it. And it didn't matter where he went. If you went in the name of the king, you could take possession of homes. You could take possession of money. Amen. Because what he was saying was, is the king has given me the authority to evict your home and vacate your finances in the name of, and you didn't get to talk back. They'd cut your tongue out. They'd Bury you alive because they come in the name of the king. When you were in the king's dominion, when you used the name or the signet of the king, you had absolute authority as if you were the king yourself. Some of you better start realizing you are not a pauper. You are not a stepchild of God. You are not an orphan from the family of God. But here's what Jesus said Jesus said, And in my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name they shall speak with tongues. Why? Because these signs shall follow them that believe. In other words, I'm walking. In the kingdom of man, on the dominion of the earth, and I've got my signet from Jesus. And when I lay hands on the sick, I'm telling sickness to vacate. I'm telling sickness to evacuate. When I lay hands on a demon-possessed person, in the name of Jesus, I'm using the name of the King. There's no name like that name. Wherefore, God is also highly exalted Him and given Him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee bow, every tongue. Confess no name like that name, and thou shalt call his name. Jesus for he shall save his people from his sins and he shall be called a wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace there's no name like that name there's no name like that name this is why the Bible said for whatsoever you do in word or in deed do it all in the name of Jesus you know why because the name of Jesus is the name of the king that's why when you get baptized You don't get baptized in the title king. You get baptized in the name of the king. You get baptized in the name of Jesus. For the title king don't mean anything. The title Lord don't mean anything. But the name. It's the name that brings salvation. I'm glad I got that name. I'm glad I got that name written over me. I'm glad I got that name written over me. I'm talking about dominion. The king's dominion. For the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. We got to quit asking the devil to back up. I have to be careful with this because I'm not getting some, you know, fake TV preacher name it, claim it, blabbing, grab it junk. But but I'm going to just say it straight up. They're stealing what belongs to the children of God. He has dominion. I am his child. And what I can't do in my own strength, I do it in his name. If it's a spiritual matter, I'm dealing with it in his name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I'm sick, I'm calling on the name of the Lord God that healeth thee. The name of Jesus. When I need peace, I'm calling on the Prince of Peace. The name of Jesus. Because I'm his child, I have been born again into the family of God. Everybody say kingdom. Jesus was constantly emphasizing the kingdoms. This makes sense. I remember in the third chapter of John, there was a, um, a very wealthy religious man by the name of Nicodemus. And the Bible said he came in by night. He was really embarrassed to be seen with Jesus. So he comes skulking in under the cover of darkness, incognito. I could see his black horn rimmed glasses and the fake nose and fake mustache. And he slips in. From the word of God in John 3, there wasn't much small talk. He just looks at him and says, Rabbi, we know that thou art come from God, for no man can do these miracles except God be with him. <laughs> oh, I love Jesus. He didn't say, well, let me tell He just said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus staggered back. He was a very intellectual man. He said, wait a second, you telling me that when I'm old I can enter my mother's womb the second time and then be born? Jesus looked at him and shook his head as if, say, man, you crazy verily, verily, I say unto thee, surely, surely I say unto thee, except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus said, boy, if you don't get it the first time, let me tell you this, if you're not born again of the water and the Spirit, you can't even see the kingdom. If you're not born again of the water and the Spirit, you can't enter. How can you enter into something that you cannot even see? And the only way that you can see it is you must be born. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again for the wind bloweth where it listeth and now hears the sound thereof but canst not tell from whither it cometh or whither it goeth so is every one that is born again of the spirit in other words what Jesus was saying was I'm talking about a kingdom that your mind cannot even comprehend you must be born again if you want to get into the kingdom of God because to get out of the kingdom of man is kind of like the mafia you got to die it's only one way out. You, you just don't walk up to Giovanni Caroloni or whoever and go, say, "Yeah, you know what? I'm tired of running around this mob thing. I, I think I'm out." And I say, "Okay, it's another problem for me." I mean, that's. I mean, I'm, yeah, hey, it's only one way out. And then when you're dead, they'll go kissing on your face to make sure it's a real body in the casket. They don't play. If you ever get out of the dominion of man, if you ever get out of the kingdom of man or the kingdom of hell, there's only one way to get out. you got to die. But it's not a physical death. It's a spiritual death. And it happens when you go to an altar of repentance, which typifies Jesus Christ on the cross. And because every death needs a burial, we take you to the waters of baptism and baptize you in the name of the King. Amen. And because Jesus is not in a grave, we pull you up out of that watery grave in the name of Jesus. And you rise and walk in the newness of life and the power of the resurrection, which is typified by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when that happens, you are born again into the kingdom of the heaven. It's a kingdom. It's not a democracy. It's not a republic. It's not a popularity contest. It's the kingdom. And this is his domain. Jesus is very specific in the language he uses. Kingdom. Kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto. The kingdom of heaven is likened. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. heaven. Every time he gets a chance, Brother Michael, it's the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. You know, one time he slipped up and tried to make a little person, but I didn't say he slipped up. He's God. He meant what he said. But he says, in my father's house. In the dominion of my father are many mansions. But the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure in a field. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto ten virgins. The kingdom of and he's constantly putting it to us. It's a kingdom, it's the king's dominion. The sooner we realize that we ain't gonna talk God out of being God. So we might as well just let God do what he's been doing since before your mind could comprehend what doing was. Your dominion. Who is a worm to argue with a man? And who is man to argue with God? Thou art the potter. I am the clay. It's the dominion of the king. When you were born again, you entered into a eternal kingdom, an everlasting kingdom. You entered into a kingdom that is without end. You joined yourself to be a citizen, not of another country, but of another world. You gained hakarabah hashoto You gained heavenly citizenship. But the only way to get it and keep it is to know the king. Oh, don't miss Wednesday night. I'm going to preach. I'm going to talk about finding the will of God, what the will of God is in your life. You need to know who the king is. So last year we, we preached, we taught, we lived kingdom first. That's preparing our hearts, our minds, our spirits. To train ourselves, if it would, to begin to think with kingdom thinking. I remember when God gave me kingdom first, a couple of years ago. I remember God impressing on me then that this kingdom theme would not just be for a year. And I remember thinking, well, I hope they're not disappointed, you know, because every year we change the color scheme and you know, and it's you know rooted. Mission 2020 and Advance and all of that stuff. But the Lord specifically began to deal with me. Kingdom first is learning the mind, how to think kingdom thoughts. And let's be honest, I hope you are more kingdom-minded than you were two years ago. Probably now you start thinking of everything with a kingdom backdrop. Every job, kingdom. Every home, kingdom. Oh, when you look at the apartment or the house, one of the first things you thought was, man, we could probably have eight people in here for Bible study. When you go look at a car, you're probably thinking, if you're kingdom, mind, you're probably thinking, yeah, I've got room for an extra person to bring to church. See, that's See, that's God kind of getting kingdom thinking in you. Little things, kingdom thinking. Then the Lord said, but 2023 is marrying kingdom thinking with kingdom action. Now that I'm comprehending what the kingdom is, now I'm going to live to materialize the kingdom in my life. Hallelujah. Jesus said, when you pray, this is what you pray. Our Father who art in heaven. Oh, I love the way he said that. He could have just said me. But he said our Father. They didn't even comprehend what he was saying. He was saying, I'm with you, boys. See, because I'm an heir, you're a joint heir with me. Our Father. He's not just my Father. He's your Father. And not as a mean father that when you ask for stone would give or ask for bread would give a stone, ask for a fish would give a serpent. Not that kind of father. He knows how to give good gifts towards you. Our father, which art in the most exalted place there is. You see, our Father, he setteth high and he looketh low. Our Father feels the universe, for he's from everlasting to everlasting. He is as everlasting as his government shall be, and his government shall be without end. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, sanctimonious, holy, separated, chosen, blessed is thy name. There's no other name like the name of the Father. Amen. And the name of the Father is Jesus, because Jesus said, I've come. In my father's name, our father who art in heaven, hallowed. Be thy name and now that I know you're my father and now that I know your name let me just now say this thy kingdom come thy will be done that's what I'm praying Lord I thank you for giving me kingdom understanding I thank you for letting me see kingdom vision but now God in 2023 I want you to manifest kingdom in my life I want to manifest kingdom in my life thy kingdom come Come, thy will be done in earth as it is. Oh, it's kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. You're not just a part of a church. You're part of a kingdom. I'm not the king. You're not the king. He's the king. Thy kingdom come. Everybody say, thy kingdom come. Then Jesus says this, thy will be, oh, I'm going to get on the wheel Wednesday night. I hope you bring a whole notebook and three pens. I'm going to wear this thing out Wednesday night. I'm going to talk about the will, which we think is the power of mental affirmation. I'm talking about a legal document. Jesus said, let thy legal inheritance be done in the earth. Let the legal decree run Wednesday night I can tell right now let the legal decree that is uttered from your mouth in heaven, let it be done in the earth as it isn't. Because I promise you, when God says something, be done in heaven. Angels aren't over there tabulating the votes to see if the 4 and 20 elders thought it was a good idea. If God says it, they do it. They don't even blink. They flutter their wings and they fly wherever he's. And Jesus said, when you pray, you pray like this. Our Father, who setteth on high, hallelujah, whose name is holy and blessed and cherished and sacred. hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy legal will be done let it be binding in earth as it is in heaven for peter whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth i will bind in heaven and whatever you loose on earth i'll loose in heaven he said lord let your will be done My God, I feel like shouting right now. I'm almost done. Brother Lucas, you can, I almost feel like we want the, oh, give me my daily bread. Oh, we want, no, no, honey, you haven't even got to that part yet. You're not even ready for manna. You're not ready for the miraculous provision until you first understand God wants a legal contract that he's given in heaven to be done in the earth. Lord, thy kingdom come. Ooh. Thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. We prayed kingdom first for a year. We taught it. We preached it. We lived it. We prayed it. We shouted it. We danced it. We snorted and cried over it. Now God says, all right. We're going to live it now. Kingdom come. Because when kingdom comes, believe me, it's going to wreck your plans. Because if you pray kingdom come, you must accept will be done. So, So God does not check with your calendar and say, well, which days do you have available for my will to be done? He doesn't work like that. When you say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven, God is not going to bounce ideas off of you. Hey, you think that's a good idea? What do you think about that? He's going to do it. Whatever little castle or monument you've built to your will, he'll just go. You said you wanted my will, didn't you? Oh, you're weeping over your little castle in the sand. I've got a mansion over here. I would, God, but I just don't got time. Oh, time's your problem. I right, can fix it. Better be careful if you pray kingdom come. God, I would, but Lord, you hey. You pray kingdom come, you might ought to unsubscribe to some stuff that's. You might not have all the time you've had. Lord, I just need more time. You, you want you want you wanna go there with him? Oh, he can give you all the time you need. Kingdom come, that will be. What this what okay before I before I sign up for this prayer? What does it mean? Okay, here's what it means, Lord. Whatever you deem right, I do, and I don't question it. You mean I, I, I can't complain about it? I mean, you can, you're just gonna look pretty silly because you're not gonna argue with a king. What if I don't like what his will is? Well, then you you haven't even got out of kingdom first yet. Because when you fall in love with a king, you trust the king. You say, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Here's what the king will do. The king will say, you know, this job's really been messing. You're going to feel like you were thrown off the 12th floor. If you're not careful, you'll curse the will of God. Oh, God, why'd you do this But you prayed it, my kingdom come. I'm going to say this right now. This is not a license for everybody to walk in and say, did you hear what Pastor said? Let's all turn in our two weeks tomorrow. It's not what I said. That's not what I said. But you can only use something as excuse so many times that God won't move it out of the way. Because if you're praying kingdom come, you'll do it. You, 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 you know those free evenings you get sometimes for like two or three, four hours and you get time to just veg and chill, binge or whatever? God just step in and say, oh, I got, I got better plans for that. How, how about a single mom whose kids are kind of wild that you're going to get to teach a Bible study to? Not them, Lord. How about how about the family that you know they're upper middle class? They live in a four bedroom, three bath house. It's almost paid for. White picket fence. Three point two kids. How about them? They're all well mannered and well behaved. No, you want my kingdom come. Okay, because my kingdom comes, you, you might be praying demons out of a crack attic in uh, in your living room. Oh, I thought you wanted. I get it. I, I get it. You wanted celebrity come kingdom. Ask Mary, the Magdalene, who has demons cast out of her. At your feet, at your feet. That woman was wild. See, we're not willing for kingdom to come. No. We're gonna put up with a drug dealer showing up to our house for a Bible study. We don't want that kind of bad press in the neighborhood. I don't want my family around people like that. Well, if you're praying kingdom come, he's going to send you people that the kingdom was designed for. They ain't always going to have the right manners or the right vocabulary. Oftentimes their life's going to be a wreck. But when you pray kingdom come, God says, all right. But I will never put anything before you. That I have not empowered you to overcome. When you say kingdom come. And God starts revealing in your life. You might not get all the overtime you got last time. So you might just. You might not get that fourth car. You might not get what, whatever it is. I don't know. But I know this. If you pray thy will be done. In earth. As it is in it, he's going to do it. Two things are going to happen in the next few weeks if you really pray this prayer today and you really, really pray kingdom coming. You sincerely mean I believe you do. Two things are going to happen. One, hell is going to let a whirlwind loosen your life. Because he's going to try to distract you with so much junk that you forget about the kingdom. And two, God's going to send kingdom material in you. And you're going to have a hard time discerning it from the trash the enemy's swirling and what God's sending into your life. But be careful. You might just be entertaining angels unaware. God's sending people into your life rejects, addicts, the homeless, the broken, the hurted. The discontented, the malcontents, the outcast of society. I know you want to win your boss. Don't always happen. Maybe you will. Probably. I don't know. But God says, "Are you willing for the least of these?" I don't know where we could put a family of cockroaches in this church. We're out of room, but we'd grease them up and slip them in somehow. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, thy kingdom come until your living room becomes an altar for a sinner that needs God. Thy kingdom come, and you're going to see it. I believe this year you're going to see it when you fill up your, ba- when you fill up your bathtub and you have to baptize them a half at a time. Sit down. And you grab your ankles and lift them up. You're going to have somebody over in your house. You're going to be nervous about it. Their kids are crazy. They don't know how to behave. They've never had that discipline. They're bouncing off the walls. They're climbing your bookcases. They're licking your screen in in your living room. They're biting the dog. They're clawing the cat. And that single mom, desperate for change in her life, looks at you, and all of a sudden, that chaos begins to fade in the background. And she begins to receive the word. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you unto me, and you shall be my people, and I shall be your God. Repent, turn away from your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name feel and you're not going to hear them go I would. no no you're not going to hear that because kingdom has come in their life and all of a sudden they're going to say baptism will wipe away my sins it'll wash away my sins where can I go well you don't have to wait till Sunday I can't wait till Sunday can I get baptized right now let's go down to the creek let's go down to the river I just need to get in the water I got to get these sins off of me I've been through so much junk I've had so much pain in my life I'm tired of carrying the baggage and the bondage of sin I need to be baptized and you're going to call me and say pastor where are you at and I'm going to say, I don't know what I'm going to say, but maybe I'm not there. Maybe I am there. Pastor, what do I do? I say, plug their nose real tight. Push them all the way under the water and say, in the name of Jesus. Stand with me. I'm done. I'm sorry. I went seven minutes over. I'm telling you, I'm to this point. Lord, I thank you for the blessings. And Brother Chase, I'm not looking for another blessing this year. I want to see souls born into the kingdom of God. I want, I want, I want to see souls born into the kingdom. I want, to see, I want to get some text messages on a Wednesday at about five. Pastor, I'm coming, but I'm running late. Hope you don't mind. I've got wet arms. Baptized somebody on, on the way to church, didn't you have time to change clothes, but they're with me. You got, by the way, you got any towels they can set on. Say, Pastor, you talk like you believe this. Believe this. I'm convinced. Well, what are we gonna do with them? Hey, let God figure that out. I just happen to believe. Kingdom come this year. I, I, I could care less, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way. Who gets a new house or a new car, I'll celebrate with you. Invite me over if you cook good food. But more than anything, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done as the kingdom of God is expanded. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. I, I want to help God I want to do it I'm glad you do because that will be done thy kingdom come that means these preaching points we've been praying about amen we've got to be about it too. amen but I'm already so busy God will take care of that busy we've got to reevaluate everything amen we've we, we got a city in Winters and Dixon and Davis and, and, and we've got to plant a church in all these cities in Yolo County and all the cities in Solano County amen we got to reach out into the surrounding cities and launch out our preaching points and say We need the gospel to reach out there. Thy kingdom come. Would you just lift your hands right where you are? Lord, I I know what you've laid on my heart for this awesome church for this year. That this would be a year that you want your kingdom materializing and actualizing in our lives. And Lord, since you told us to count the cost, I I know it's going to cost me some of my free time. And I know it's going to cost me some of this and some of that and a little over here and a little over there. And I was hoping this year to cut back on this and do more of this. But Lord, here's what I'm asking, God, whatever you need of me for your kingdom to come in the city of Vacaville and Solano County in YOLO, God, in the world, whatever it is you want me to do, God. I'm asking, Lord... I'm asking, I'm praying, I'm praying what you told me to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven.
0: Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week. In Jesus' name.